This is episode number 28 of the Raising Mums podcast. So have you ever heard of Charlotte Mason? In today's episode, we're going to be talking all about the Charlotte Mason philosophy of education. Some of you may have come across this before, and you're not sure, is this something that I want to do with my children? Is it worth me looking into? Is it something that is really suitable for the Muslim homeschooler? Well, that's what today's episode is all about. Let's get started. Welcome to Raising Mums, a live weekly broadcast streaming on Facebook and Instagram that inspires mums to live with purpose and intention, to raise their children mindfully, and empowers mothers everywhere to own their lives and thrive doing it. Seriously, what does an English Christian woman called Charlotte from Victorian England have to do with you? with me and the way that we raise our children. Salam, welcome. Today I'm going to be talking about Charlotte Mason, Charlotte Mason homeschooling and the Muslim homeschooler. Is Charlotte Mason homeschooling suitable for the Muslims? Why is it that I have chosen this way of homeschooling for my family? And what are the benefits of it? Um, Is it suitable? If it's not suitable for Muslims, how do we change things? Um, So that is what we're going to be talking about today. And I know you guys so well now that at the end, I'm going to make sure that I add in some resources for you because I know I'm going to get that question. If we want to know more about the Charlotte Mason way of homeschooling, where can we go? You know, what books should we read? What podcasts should we listen to? All of that. So at the end of today's episode. I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to share my favorite resources for those of you who are beginning your journey with Charlotte Mason. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Gemma Elizabeth. Um, I am a mum of four. I homeschool my eldest three and my youngest is just a baby. Uh, We live in the UK and um, this is a weekly broadcast that I do on a Sunday at 9pm live on Facebook and here on Instagram. Um, And we talk about all things motherhood and homeschooling. When we're finished here, this will be saved. It'll be saved onto the Facebook page. It will be saved onto IGTV. Um, It'll be on my YouTube channel. And for those of you who like to listen on the go um, and maybe while you're you're doing the dishes or you're in the car, um, you like to listen to a podcast, this is uploaded as a podcast. It's called Raising Mums. So if you do listen to podcasts, make sure you check that out and subscribe over there. Um, so if you've got anybody right now, while people are are joining us, if there's anybody, you know, who might be interested in hearing what we have to say today about homeschooling, about the Charlotte Mason philosophy of education, make sure you tag them now in the comments, um, let them know that we're live and they can join in live with us. And at the end, if you think that they could benefit from what we've discussed today, make sure you share this with them, send them the link, um, so that they can watch this too. And like I said, this is uh, these lives are going to be every Sunday now for the next couple of months at 9 p.m. Inshallah, and um, where we'll be talking about all things homeschooling um, and answering a lot of questions, common questions that I get. Uh, and this is one of them about Charlotte Mason. Um, how do we adapt this? Uh, do we need to adapt this? for Muslims and for the Muslim family. So I can see a lot of you are already popping on. Asalaamu Alaikum Nadia, Asalaamu Alaikum Saleha, Adiba, Asalaamu Alaikum from Michigan, mashallah, awesome, okay? So while you're all popping on, um, 
I would like to ask you a question because I want to really gauge where you are as an audience, where you are in your journey with the Charlotte Mason philosophy. So I know what it is I'm going to talk about today. Um, so I know what level I'm going in at. So I've got a very simple question for you and I'd really like for you to answer me in the comments. Have you heard of Charlotte Mason? Simple question, okay? Tell me if you've heard of Charlotte Mason and you feel pretty confident in what it's all about, type in yes. Just type in yes in the comments right now so I can see how many of you feel like you know quite a lot about Charlotte Mason. And so I know where I'm going to pitch this session at today. However, if you've never heard of Charlotte Mason or you're really not that familiar, you're not that comfortable with what it's all about, write no. I want you to write no in the comments below so I know exactly you know, where we all are and, and where we're all at. While you're doing that, I can see you've already started, mashallah. While you're all typing in the comments, there's a couple of things I want to remind you about. First of all, I'm sure you already know, but first of all, I have a free ebook that is available now um, for anybody who would like it. It's called Home Education, What You Need to Know to Get Started. That's a free download that I offer. Um, it's at ourmuslimhomeschool.com forward slash ebook. And that really goes through the very simple foundations of what you need to know to get started. Things like the legal requirements, um, things like, can I homeschool if I've got an only child? What about if I've got lots of children? Uh, can I work whilst homeschooling? A lot of the common questions that I get asked and things that you will want to know the answers to. So if you would like that free ebook, go to ourmuslimhomeschool.com forward slash ebook. You've actually got time right now. If you want to hop across and grab your free copy now, you can do that before we get started. But make sure that you come back <laughs> after you've got your ebook um, and so that you can join in the rest of this conversation. Um, the second piece of news before we crack on is that my online homeschooling course, Launch Your Homeschool, is reopening enrollment on the 6th of December. Um, the 6th of December, we're going to be reopening. Now, I did say last summer that I was not going to reopen that course um, and I was going to leave it a full year before we reopened. However, as I mentioned last week, we've had hundreds of people get in touch with myself or my team asking to just sneak in or if they can get put on a waiting list, um, if, if they can join even though it's already closed. And so for that reason, we've decided to open it up again. It'll be open for a short time in December, starting on the 6th of December. And that homeschooling course is actually, um, it's built upon a framework of the Charlotte Mason philosophy. So that's why it's relevant here today. Um, and it will hold your hand and, and take you step by step as you start homeschooling your family. Um, it's going to help you to build a solid foundation for your homeschool, decide what subjects you're going to teach, how often, make a homeschool plan, um, choose the right resources for your homeschool, um, and as well as teaching you essential teaching techniques that you need to know to get started. And I even have a whole module about time management just to make sure that you're able to cope with the strain that homeschooling has on your time so that you can manage homeschooling as well as managing the household, managing the cleaning, the cooking, and looking after yourself as well. So there's a whole module in there about time management. So if you want to put your name on the waiting list, launchyourhomeschool.com and pop your name down there. And then when it's closer to the time, I'll send you information about the course. 
Right, so let's have a look at what you're saying. Do you feel comfortable? Let's look on Facebook first. So we've got, so we've got a few yeses, mashallah. We've also got a few no's. So we've got, yeah, heard in some homeschool bloggers, but nothing in detail. Okay, thank you, Mediha. That's really helpful. So we've got a mixture on Facebook, yeses and no's. Um, let's have a little look through here. We've got no's, yes. Somebody saying that it was a super helpful ebook. Thank you so much, Amina. That's wonderful. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, kind of. <laughs> yeah, not confident, but I've heard of it. Okay, so I think what we're going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pitch this so in a way that everybody can understand where we're at. And I think the best way to dive into this is rather than going through the nitty gritty, I'm going to give you two scenarios. I'm going to I'm going to try and explain what a Charlotte Mason homeschool is by comparing. I think this is the best way to do it. We're going to imagine two scenarios. The first is a child who is educated in much the same way you and I were, I expect. In the the model of uh, a modern school. And in the second child, we're going to compare with a Charlotte Mason educated child. So we've got the school, the modern school child, and we're going to compare that education to a Charlotte Mason education. And I hope that by, by this comparison, it will help to give you a, a flavor, um, an understanding of what makes a Charlotte Mason education so special and so relevant to Muslims. So first child, let's imagine that we are teaching this child, this, this child is getting taught about ancient Egypt, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> let's imagine this first child is in history lesson learning about Tutankhamun, right? Most of you, I hope, will have heard about the Pharaoh Tutankhamun, right? So child one who's in a modern day school, or perhaps it's a home school that's using that technique of teaching, they get a history textbook and they open that up to the next page and they've got maybe two pages about Tutankhamun um, and they read through that themselves or maybe the teacher reads aloud to them from this textbook. There might be a little fact box in the bottom with some key dates and then on the bottom of the second page there will be some comprehension questions. Um, this might be a uh, name the archaeologist that discovered Tutankhamun's tomb. Um, uh, what name the uh, what age did Tutankhamun become pharaoh? When did he die? And um, what artifacts were found in his tomb? Right, something like that. There'll be some comprehension questions at the bottom. Does that sound familiar? Then let's compare that to a Charlotte Mason homeschool. When you're teaching this child about Tutankhamun as a Charlotte Mason homeschooler, you give that child a biography, a living book about the man who discovered the tomb of Tutankhamun, whose name happens to be Howard Carter. So you give this child a book, which is a biography of Howard Carter. This book that you've given to the child is written by someone who is an expert in either Egyptology, archaeology, or is very passionate about the life of Howard Carter. So as that child reads the biography, he hears about the childhood of Howard Carter, about the things that led him to become an archaeologist, um, about the struggles that he faced going out to Egypt, about the monies issued, maybe the, the people who were against it. You hear about his emotions when he spent years and years hunting for this tomb and never finding it. And then you, you follow him in this journey and you, you feel the suspense as he finally finds something. 
and he finally discovers something is there, but he doesn't know what it is. And you follow him in the story, in this biography, and they make a little hole in the door, a small, small hole. And you read, and as your child reads the story, you hear about how they lift the candle up to that hole and they peer by candlelight through the darkness and they see in the back of the tomb the gold glistening in the background. And your child feels that emotion and gets excited and has come to know Howard Carter and his journey, has come to know ancient Egypt through that biography, has come to know more about archaeology through that biography. I want to ask you now, comparing those two scenarios, we've got the child who's in school, who's read a history, two pages from a history textbook and answered a few comprehension questions, compared to the child who's read a biography. Now that might be a short biography, it might take a couple of days, it might be something that they spread out over a few weeks, but I want you to compare those two. Which child would recall more? Which child learnt more about ancient Egypt, about Tutankhamun? Which child is going to retain that information longer? Which one, which is, I think, more important out of all of that, which child is going to be more enthusiastic about history, about ancient Egypt, about archaeology? Which child is going to be inspired the child who read from the textbook and answered comprehension questions, or the child who was in the Charlotte Mason homeschool and learned about the life of Howard Carter through a living book. Who is inspired to learn more? And which of those children will be inspired to become more themselves? I'm not bashing people who use textbooks and who use comprehension questions. I think that it is still an education um, and, you know, for some people, that is the way they want to go. But I want to suggest to you that maybe that there is a better way. Now, there's another example, and this is a lot shorter. Let's compare two children who are doing science now. So we've got history. What about science? Child one is in a biology lesson in a traditional, not traditional, in a modern day school, okay, or in a homeschool that uses those techniques. So they're teaching about pollination. So the teacher, bless her heart, is trying to explain pollination on the board. So she explains it, she writes out some terminology, she draws a diagram and tries to explain what pollination is all about. And then afterwards, she will hand out some diagrams to the children and they have to label the parts of the flower. How many of you can remember doing that? Oh my goodness. So we had to do that. Or maybe it's not even labeling. Maybe we're just cutting and pasting. So you cut and you paste and you stick that around the flower. And then there's a few minutes left at the end of the class. So she says, oh, just, just color in your flower. Everyone color in your flower. And so she gets five minutes of peace at the end of the class. Compare that to a Charlotte Mason homeschool where the mum says, today we're going to learn about something really special. I want you and your brother to go outside into the garden and go and find two or three of the biggest flowers that you can find. So the children are excited. They don't know what they're learning, but they know they get to go outside and look for these flowers. So they go out and they bring in some flowers. Maybe they don't have a garden, so their mum has bought in some cut flowers or something like that. Um, and then they bring them in. They put them on the kitchen table and then everyone gathers around and dissects the flower. They look at the flower and they talk about what they can observe, what they can see. They, they explore their senses. They're, they're keenly noticing 
what that flower looks like. And they discuss what these parts could be. Then they refer to a book and try and identify what it is. Then they might sketch in their nature journal they, what they're observing. They're not sketching, I don't know, some, something from a textbook or anything like that. They are sketching in their book what they observe what they are seeing from the flower in front of them. Then later on in the afternoon, to continue that lesson, their mum takes them out to the local park and they watch as the bees go from flower to flower. They watch as the bees bumble around in the apple blossom and and they notice and they talk about what they observe and they tell their mum. Maybe they write it down in their nature journal. Then if their mum's really on the ball, (laughs) then every week, their mum takes them back to those same apple trees and they make a note and they notice how the flower has changed every week, how slowly it's changing into a fruit and developing. And maybe they draw it, maybe they write it down or maybe they just talk about it and, and they notice it. They are slowly observing and noticing which one of those experiences is more memorable to the child? Which one teaches the child more? Which one is allowing the child to form deeper connections with the knowledge? Which one actually means something to the child and is not just busy work that needs to get done so that they can go out and play later? Which one, and this is key, um, which one of those scenarios, the worksheet and the cut and paste exercise or the Charlotte Mason homeschool, which one of those allows your children to remember Allah? Which one makes it easy to bring God into the discussion? In my opinion, anything that has wonder and awe, anything that is inspiring is easy to bring God into. It's easy to infuse with a deeper meaning. And that's something that we all want for our children. That's part of the reason that so many of us do not send our kids to mainstream education. We choose to bring them home. It's because we want We want God, we want their faith to be a part of their life and a part of their education. But I'm going to get into that a little bit more later on. Now, that's just a couple of examples. And I could go into, um, I could go into it a lot more and give you more examples. But what Charlotte Mason education does is it exposes your children to a higher level of thinking, to great thinkers, to great ideas, It trains children to think for themselves rather than being spoon fed. It encourages them to observe and to take notice and to find, um, to be interested in the world and to think more deeply. It also through narration, which I haven't talked about, which is a whole nother topic, but it teaches children to be able to articulate themselves. Um, It means that children are well read. These are the things that I believe mainstream education is lacking. So if you think about your education, um, or perhaps the education of your children right now, I don't know if they're in school right now, but I want you to ask yourself, is mainstream education giving your children exposure to the great thinkers of history, to great ideas? Is it training them to think for themselves and to observe and take notice of things around them? Or are they more interested in what's on the screen and, and I don't know, what they play on their on their iPads? Or are they more interested in the world and the greater picture? And the, are they thinking deeply? 
Does school teach them to think deeply and reflect? Does mainstream education allow them to become articulate? Um, and does mainstream education mean that they are well-read? And something that we spoke about before, you know, I think it's not only all of that. A big part of education for me is that when you educate your children in a Charlotte Mason way and you're exposing them to these higher levels of thinking, you are allowing them to have higher expectations of themselves. So if you consider a child who reads, uh, uh, what's that one called? Diary of a Wimpy Kid. A child who reads that kind of a book compared to a child who reads the great classics. Which child is going to have higher standards and expectations for themselves in the future? A child who reads, um, uh, give me another one. Uh, we'll just say Diary of a Wimpy Kid again. A child who reads Diary of a Wimpy Kid or a child who reads the biographies of the great men and women in history. Their standards, their expectations for their life of uh, going forward, what they want to achieve in the world is going to be very, very different. What they see as normal um, and what they dream of and, and their ambitions are going to be very, very, very different. I, so I hope that's helped you to see that maybe, you know, mainstream education is fine. It is an education and Alhamdulillah, we're lucky in this country um, compared to many others. But education can look different from what is our cultural norm. And in fact, I think moving away from the cultural norm is the enlightened choice. Now, I've seen somebody here on Instagram, before I move on to the next point, I've seen somebody on Instagram comment that, um, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> Charlotte Mason sounds like a lot of work compared to just giving your child a workbook or a textbook. In my opinion, I found that it's not a lot of work. For me, workbooks and textbooks are drudgery, not just for the child, but for the mum. Finding the worksheets, finding the textbooks, marking them, it's, it's boring for them, it's boring for me. Um, I don't enjoy that. And, and I know that you, after a while, you don't. And people who, who go down that route, if they don't spice it up with other things, they get burnt out very quickly because there's very little joy in that kind of learning. Whereas the Charlotte Mason homeschool, you're just giving your child a book to read or you're reading aloud to them and then they narrate back to you. So with that regards, you know, the only work that you might have to do as a parent is doing the read aloud. Um, you may want to pre-read the book, but usually if you've taken it as a recommendation from a reliable website, you don't always have to. Um, the main work that comes from a Charlotte Mason homeschool is reading aloud, but then you only read aloud to your children when they're small. When they're capable and confident reading, they do the reading themselves. The, your, your main role in a Charlotte Mason homeschool is to facilitate that those moments of inspiration to make sure that they've got access to those beautiful books, that they've got access to the outdoors. Um, it's for me personally, it's a lot less work and a lot more enjoyable and it's a, a lot more joyful generally. Um, but anyway, let's, let's get on with what we were talking about rather than me getting distracted. Okay. Got lots of thumbs up going on. Alhamdulillah. Okay. 
I've seen another great question here. Okay, Mavish, I'll get back to your question, inshallah. That's a really great question. Let me get on and I'll come back, inshallah, to your question at the end. Okay, so the big issue with the Charlotte Mason philosophy that I know you're thinking and I know you've probably tried to find the answer yourself is this. Charlotte Mason was a Christian. I am a Muslim. (laughs) Is this going to be okay for me to use with my children? If I follow this educational philosophy, am I going to be teaching my children things that are wrong, that they shouldn't be learning about, that are against my faith? Um, Is there going to be a problem there? So what I first want to do to answer that question, because there are levels, to answer that question, I want to tell you a little bit about who Charlotte Mason was, because then you'll be able to understand if you can use her philosophy. So Charlotte Mason was a practicing Christian. Yes, she was. She was also a teacher who later went on to teach teachers. She set up a a teaching school, a teaching college, um, where she trained teachers. But above and beyond all of that, she was a visionary for her time. She was very unhappy with the status quo in Victorian England, where, as I'm sure you know, in Victorian England, children were to be seen but not heard. Children were kept away from society. They were, it was almost taboo. Childhood was almost taboo. Children were not to be seen out and about. Um, And scientists at the time, scientists at the time, put out their books and their research saying that children were in fact born not fully human, that they were incomplete humans and they later grew to become full humans. And of course, Charlotte Mason strongly disagreed with that. She talked about children um, are born persons, but I'm not going to go into all of that. But she was very unhappy with the way that the children were disrespected in society. Um, And she felt that childhood was being lost. This was also a time where, many of you will have heard of this, where factory schools were being opened. So the poorer people in society, their children were being sent to schools, which were training children to become workers in the factories. So they were taught to, you know, uh, conform, to obey uh, whatever they were told, um, to sit still, basically being trained for factory work when they became older. Conversely, the elite in society, the rich, the wealthy, uh, the upper classes were given the best of education. They were taught poetry and literature, rhetoric. They read the biographies. They were exposed to scientific knowledge and they had the best of education. So there was a big gap and a big divide during that time. So, but Charlotte Mason was, um, she, she wanted to see change. She was so against that she was an advocate for education for all. So even if you were the poorest child working in the coal mines or working on the farms, or you were from a very rich family, she believed that the best education should be available to everybody. An education that is full of ideas, that is meaningful, and that educates the whole child, the mind, the body, and the soul. So although she never said it, She never said that her philosophy was suitable for children of all faiths. I like to believe that a woman with that heart, who wanted the best of education for every child, whatever their socioeconomic background, she would also want the best of education for a child from any religion. 
And so although she didn't say it, I believe that Charlotte Mason wanted the best of education for all children, full stop. And so when you look at her philosophy, I want you to bear that in mind, that it was written for all children. But is it suitable for Muslims? So Charlotte Mason, the Charlotte Mason philosophy is God-centric. It is, God is central to everything. And I know that you want that for your child. What this means is that, you know, unlike some of us experienced at school, education, you, you, in your education, you have religious sciences sort of stuck on the sides. You have your school subjects and then you have religion just tacked on on the side. This is not what Charlotte Mason philosophy does. What it does is it integrates God into everything. So one of her principles, so there are 20 principles and I'm not going to go into them now because it will confuse you. Um, uh, but principle number 20, she said, we allow no separation to grow up between the intellectual and spiritual life of children. What does this mean? It means that your children are not going back and forth between two different worlds. You know, there is not the school subjects and the religious subjects. No, there is a unity between them both. That is what so many of us are looking for in the education of our children, that we have um, God in imbued in everything. God is in whatever they are studying um, and that God is always with them. It is in their education. It is in their school days. It is in their life constantly. Now, what will confuse many people when they start researching Charlotte Mason online is that everything you look up, um, you, I'm sure many of you have done this already, you start looking up Charlotte Mason on Google and you will come up with a wealth of resources, but they are all for the Christian homeschooler. And usually, in fact, I think always for the American Christian homeschooler. Does this mean that Charlotte Mason is only suitable for American Christians? No, of course not. What it, what's happened is that the, the Christian American homeschooling movement in the States has really grabbed hold of the Charlotte Mason philosophy and has really made it their own. Um, they've, mashallah, they have, like, they've put out so much um, curriculum, podcasts, books. They have done so much for their community online. And I'm sure it won't be long before us Muslims do the same for our community. But right now, that, that's what you find online. A lot of American Christian curriculum out there. And it's simply because they're ahead of the game and they're really serving their community very, very well. Um, and that's all that means. It does not mean, which it comes across, that, oh, if that's what's out there for a Charlotte Mason uh, curriculum, it must only be for Christians. That's just not the case. Um, Charlotte Mason was a Christian. And if you read her works, Christianity comes across in it. You know, there will be Christian rhetoric in there. However, I post this question to you all as practicing Muslims. If you were to write a book, if you were to write a book about education, homeschooling, anything, in fact, I guarantee that your faith um, and that your beliefs somehow would become a part of that book. Because it's a part of who you are. It's a part of the way you think. Um, and so I think the same is true for Charlotte Mason. 
Charlotte Mason is not a curriculum. It's not a stack of books that you buy or a list of books. It's not age six, buy these books, age seven, buy these books. That is not what a Charlotte Mason uh, education is. A Charlotte Mason education is a set of principles that you apply to your homeschool. It is some principles that you look at and you apply them to your situation, to your children, to your faith, um, and to to you and make, making them relevant. Um, that is why, you know, um, you know, secular homeschoolers are now using Charlotte Mason philosophy. That is why people are taking the Charlotte Mason philosophy and looking for modern alterna alternatives to what she used in her schools. Um, and it's, it's a growing movement and people are taking on these principles and making them relevant to their own communities. Now, if you look at a more um, superficial level, one of the questions that I get asked a lot is, okay, I've looked into this, but Charlotte Mason talks about Bible study. She talks about hymns. She talks about things that I don't really want my children to learn about. So what do you do in those cases? In those cases, it's very simple. You just substitute. So what would you substitute for Bible study? Quran, right? You would substitute Quran. What would you substitute for hymns? Maybe you would throw in nasheeds instead. You know, uh, what would you do instead of music? Maybe your children, like mine, could learn the duff, or maybe they could learn to sing and sing some nasheeds. You can make it relevant to yourself. You can make it relevant to your family. Um, and it's, it's, there's so much, um, so much more now available to you um, to help you in that process. And I am here as well, if you need me to help you in that process. I just have a sip of water. <laughs> right. So if you want to give your children a meaningful education, an education where where Allah is infused into what they're doing every day, an education that encourages them to become more than what they see around them, and an education that inspires their hearts, that respects their intelligence, that respects the sanctity of their childhood, and that prepares them for further study, for higher education. I really encourage you to look into the Charlotte Mason philosophy. Um, it has changed my children's upbringing, changed their education, changed their life for the better, changed my own for the better. Um, and I strongly encourage you to look into it. Um, now, so what I'm going to do, I will recommend some books for you now, some podcasts, some places to go if you're new to the Charlotte Mason philosophy. Um, and then what I'll do is I will answer your questions, inshallah. So first of all, um, the books, right, I've got them here. If you are completely new to Charlotte Mason and that whole thing, I would really recommend rather than going for her books themselves, I would recommend this book. It's called For the Children's Sake. There we go. For the Children's Sake um, by Susan Schaefer Macaulay. Uh, it's a beautiful book. It's not too long. Again, it's written from a Christian perspective, but I don't think that's an issue. <laughs> I think that it's a beautiful book that will be beneficial to uh, to everybody who wants to know more about the Charlotte Mason philosophy. If you've already read this book, which many of you I know have, then I think you should go onto this book. This is called When Children Love to Learn by Elaine Cooper. Now, this is a collection of essays from various people about how to practically apply the Charlotte Mason philosophy in your home. Um, so I'd really recommend that one. That's a great book. 
Um, in terms of podcasts, I would recommend a delectable education. They, particularly the immersion lessons, which walk you through how to do a lesson. Um, they're very, very useful. Now they really stick to the Charlotte Mason, you know, letter of the law. They don't deviate at all. They don't interpret. But that being said, I think that it's very useful to, to sort of something to aspire to. Um, when you listen to that, bear that in mind. You don't have to do everything they say exactly how they say it, but rather it's something to aspire to. And I, I do enjoy listening to their podcasts. They're very knowledgeable. The second one, which is a bit more kind <laughs> in the sense that it, it understands the difficulties that some of us mothers face when approaching Charlotte Mason, and that is Thinking Love. Um, that is a, a lovely podcast, and I recommend that. Um, Instagram accounts, there's two that I think that you should follow. There's Modern Miss Mason, which is um, by Leah Bowden. She's here in the UK, an experienced Charlotte Mason homeschooler, and Charlotte Mason IRL, in real life, that stands for. So Charlotte Mason IRL is a fantastic way, um, it a fantastic account. It teaches you how to apply the Charlotte Mason principles in real life. So those are the two Instagram accounts, Modern Miss Mason and Charlotte Mason IRL. They might actually be available on Facebook as well. It's worth looking into. I was trying to think of a blog that I could recommend or a Muslim homeschooler who also follows the Charlotte Mason method, who shares a lot about that. And honestly, there aren't that many, but I would recommend my friend Shannon um, from Middle Way Mum. A Middle Way Mum, spelled M-O-M, because she's in the States, middlewaymum.com. Um, she blogs about Charlotte Mason from a the perspective of being a Muslim homeschooler. She's got quite a lot of resources on there. I've written a couple of blog posts for her in the past, so definitely check out her blog as well. Um, also, of course, there's my blog, Our Muslim Homeschool, and particularly my YouTube channel. You'll find a lot of great stuff on there about actually applying Charlotte Mason philosophy in your home. I've got day in the life videos, um, book choices, curriculum choices, videos where I compare different living books, a lot of great stuff. So if you haven't already watched any of the videos on my YouTube channel, look that up, Our Muslim Homeschool. Right, so what I want to say is that if, you, if you'd like now to ask any questions, go for it, pop them in the comments now. If you're on Instagram, could you put them in the question tab at the bottom rather than putting them in the um, in the chat here? If you could put it in the questions at the bottom where there's a little question mark, it's a lot easier for me to find if that's possible. Um, otherwise, I will scroll my way through. Thank you, Seda, for writing that out. Middle way mum, that's right. Um, and also on Facebook, any questions, just pop them in the chat and I will do my best to answer as many as I can, inshallah. Okay, so we've been going for 38 minutes. Okay, inshallah, we'll, we'll go for another 10 minutes or so and then I'll have to call it a day. My throat, my throat is going. So let's have a look. Shall we start on Facebook first? <laughs> right, let's bring up the comments. Oh, wow, there's a lot. Okay, right, bismillah. Let's just scroll through. Somebody's suggesting uh, da da David, you say David or David um, Williams? Yeah, that's one of those toddly books, yes. <laughs> um, so Tahra has asked, how about if your children are not interested at all in learning 
or sitting still and listening. Okay, so first of all, I think that um, you need to, first of all, I would suggest, Tahra, that your children do not need to learn, do not need to sit still to be listening. Um, quite often children listen best if they're allowed to move. It might not look like they're listening, but children need sometimes to move, especially if they're young. I don't know how old your children are, um, but if they're anything, if they're six or under, don't worry if they're always fidgeting. In fact, allow them to fidget because research shows that that actually helps them to concentrate more. If you give them something to play with in their hands or some Legos to fiddle around with or coloring or something, it actually allows their mind to engage in what you're trying to teach or what you're reading aloud to them. If your children are not interested at all in what you're trying to teach them, then you need to question why is that? Is it is the material too hard? Is it too easy? Is it the way that it's being presented? Are the lessons too long? Um, are they too tired? Are they hungry? Uh, there's so many things. Are you expecting too much from them? You know, it, you have to dig deep and really reflect on what you think might be going on with them. And then you'll be able to address. When you know why, then you'll be able to address uh, what it is that's going going wrong and how you can move forward. Um... Okay, my favorite. Yeah, so Zainab's saying my favorite part of the Charlotte Mason philosophy is the early years, zero to six or seven, where they believe no formal learning should happen and they just go out in nature and play. Yeah, it's a lovely part of of um, of the Charlotte Mason philosophy. Absolutely, uh, it's because she respects the the sanctity of childhood. That you know, ch childhood is sacred, and at those early tender years. Formal study really is not necessary. And we're seeing that again from research. We're, we know that from our own tradition, um, you know, that it's in, in traditional Islamic cultures, formal homeschooling, formal, formal schooling does not begin until the age of, of seven, uh, seven Islamic years. So that's about six and a half years old. Um, yeah. How do homeschool children, Asifa has asked, how do homeschool children do maths after primary level? Well, uh, Asifa, if you're not comfortable teaching them, I'm assuming that at primary level, you're comfortable teaching them, but at secondary, you're worried that you might not be comfortable. So you have a lot of options. You can, of course, get outside help. You can get a friend to help. Perhaps the father could help. Perhaps you get a tutor. Um, it's sometimes cheaper to do online classes, group classes. Um, if you group up with a friend, um, a group of you in the community can get together and do it with a tutor online. That could often work out a lot cheaper. Um, there's a lot of help available online. And I think we're very, very lucky in today's day and age that we have all these options. Last question from Facebook. Let's see what we've got. Um, okay, okay. Asifa again has asked, um, if you don't know the concepts in the book, how would I know how to teach my children? Okay, that's a great question. So the idea of in a Charlotte Mason homeschool is that you're not necessarily teaching. So the way we experienced teaching at school was the teacher like taught the subject. They knew the subject. And so they sort of taught, they, they, they like I'm doing now, they talked around the subject till the child understands. When you're teaching in a Charlotte Mason homeschool, it doesn't really work that way. 
In fact, in many homeschools, whether you're Charlotte Mason or not, it doesn't really work that way. Rather, you're learning alongside your child. And it's a beautiful experience. As your child learns, you learn. Um, it's a very different relationship to teacher-student. Uh, it's, a, it's a way, actually, that you and your child get closer together as you learn these things together. It does actually deepen your connection to one another. Um, so Asifa, it's a very different concept. Homeschooling and the way the child learns is not the same as in a school. Rather, you're learning alongside your children. Sometimes you might have to read up on things. I won't pretend you don't, but really not that often. It, it's, it's a very different way of learning. Uh, Memna has asked, do you have any Arabic living book recommendations? I'm afraid I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I don't speak Arabic. I don't know. I wish I could help you. If anybody here in the chat right now has any recommendations, I know we have a lot of knowledgeable sisters on right now. If any of you have got any ideas for Sister Mena about Arabic living books, please pop that in the chat right now. Okay, so let's have it. Wow, we've got a lot of questions here on Instagram. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, Right. Okay. Let's, let's start. Okay. Amina has asked, what are living books? Great question. Very good question. So Charlotte Mason says that we should use living books with our children. Now there are a lot of things that qualify a book to be a living book, but one, one example is a living book is written by one author who tends to be an expert in that field. So if you compare that to a textbook that is written by you know, a whole committee of ghostwriters who are not particularly experts in in what that book's been talked about. So a, a, a living book is written by one author who is passionate about that, that subject. Um, it's written in very high quality language. There's no twaddle. There's no, it's not baby, babyish. It's, it's good quality uh, language. Um, it's, it tends to be in a narrative style, Amina. So it's, it tends to tell a story. And the reason that a living book does that is because when you tell a story, it connects to the emotions of a child. So if you're just listing facts, you can imagine if you're reading something about ancient Egypt and it just lists the facts that happened, that doesn't really connect with you and it's not very memorable. Whereas a living book involves the characters in, that are in that story. You hear about their emotions, you feel what they feel um, as you follow them along. So a living book is a narrative. So it's written typically, but not always, but typically in a story form. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that can help you. If you want a good list of living books, I would recommend you go to amblesideonline.org and have a look there um, for a really comprehensive list of different living books. Also, Simply Charlotte Mason has um, a lot of great living book recommendations over there as well. I hope that's helped. Uh, next one. Our Cozy Corner. I love that name. <laughs> so how much detail do you go into about the Charlotte Mason philosophy within your course? We go into it, we just touch upon what you need to know. So the point of my course is a stepping stone. It's launching your homeschool. So I'm not giving you the encyclopedia of everything you'll ever need to know about homeschooling. That would be overwhelming. And I know that all of you are busy mums, busy parents. You don't have time for that. You just want to know what you need to know to start. So that's what's in my course, what you need to know to start your Charlotte Mason homeschool. Um, there is one specific lesson 
about the Charlotte Mason philosophy. And then the remainder of the course, it's sort of sprinkled in there um, to make sure that everything that you're doing and the way you set up your homeschool from the start aligns with the Charlotte Mason philosophy um, and also aligns with your own values and beliefs. Okay, let's have a look. Um, okay, which living books would you recommend for science, history, and otherwise for Key Stage 1 and 2? Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's a lot. I can't fit that. I mean, I could do an entire podcast about that. Okay, um, so rather than me list off, I mean, like a living book for all of science and all of history and everything else for Key Stage 1 and 2, You'd want you what the best thing that you can do, sister, is go to Ambleside Online, Simply Charlotte Mason, um, Read Aloud Revival. I'm, not all of their books are living books, but they do have some great recommendations there. Um, go to any of the Charlotte Mason curriculum and look through the books that they use. Um, if you have a specific topic that you're learning in science right now, or you're learning in history right now, by all means, ask me that and I might be able to help. Um, that, that, that might be the way to go. Um, spiritual parenting has asked, what do you think of unschooling? I think that I have, I think that I have complete respect for parents who choose that route. However, it's not for me. It's not for my children. Um, the Charlotte Mason philosophy is, um, I like to have more structure. I like to have a say as well in the direction that their education is going. Um, so for me, unschooling is not something that sits well with me. However, I respect everybody's you know right to choose that way. And for many, many people, it works. You know, it also it depends what your ambitions are for your children. So it's not for me, but if that's the way that you or anybody else choose to go, then, you know, go for it, go for it. How long should we let them play iPad or watch TV? That's so hard. I don't know if you've watched this already, but I have done a podcast episode about screen time. Might be worth going back to have a look. Um, I gave a really honest discussion about screen time, about my recommendations. We looked at the pros and cons. And I gave some practical advice about that. So maybe that is something you could, could go back to and have a look at. So Selma has said, I would like to homeschool, but I'm so overwhelmed. Yeah. You're overwhelmed to start, Selma, or you're overwhelmed. What, you're, you don't know where to start, right? If, I mean, if you're able to, by all means, join my course. I'd love to have you join and I will help you and, and guide you through it. But until that point, I think what I'd recommend to do is what a lot of people do when they want to start homeschooling is they jump in at, okay, what what are they going to learn? What curriculum am I going to buy? Uh, what subjects are they going to do? Instead of jumping in there, you need to go backwards. You need to think, okay, at the end of this year, let's just say at the end of this academic year, Selma, what is it that you hope your children have achieved? What is it that you hope that they they have, you know, what, what do you hope them to have achieved within this next uh, year? And I want you to think about that before you ever start looking at curriculum and the way other people are doing it and reading all the books. That can be more, make your overwhelm even worse when you start getting all the ideas and, and you bring in too much information. Instead of looking outward, I want you to look inward. 
Selma, look inward and think really in your heart, what is it you want for your children? And at the end of the year, what do you want them to have learned, achieved, know? Uh, what do you want to be better in their lives? And then go from there, inshallah. Um, okay, last question. Um, strong green tea. Great names you guys have got for your Instagram. Strong green tea has asked, where can I buy living books in the UK? You can buy living books wherever books are sold. <laughs> living books are not in a special bookshop. You can get living books on Amazon or Abe Books or WH Smiths or Barnes and Nobles. Wherever you buy books, you can find living books. But remember, not all books are living books, okay? They have to be well-written. They have to inspire. They have to have noble ideas in them. They have to be, respect the intelligence of the child. Um, so there are a lot of things that you, you need to look for, but you can get them anywhere that you you, you buy books. Um, typically, um, older books will tend to be more, uh, well, you will find more living books when you go back in time, but not always. I mean, some books, even like from the 1920s or whatever, are not, would not be living books. So don't assume because a book is old, it's a living book. It doesn't work that way. Um, but once you get familiar with what a living book is, and once you've read one or two, it becomes very, very easy to spot them. Um, and it's a real joy when you go into uh, a used bookshop, you go into uh, uh, Waterstones and you find a living book on the shelf. It's a great, uh, it's very exciting. And us Charlotte Mason homeschoolers know how exciting it is to discover a living book that you didn't know about before. Okay, so before we wrap up, I want to remind you all um, that this is a regular thing. So next Sunday, 9pm, I will be back, inshallah. Um, and next week, I'm going to be talking about something that I'm sure you're all curious about. How much does homeschooling cost? And I'm going to actually share with you how much, like estimate how much it costs for our family to homeschool. Now, it varies year to year, you know, season to season, it varies depending on what's going on in our life. But I'm going to try and break it down for you and share with you the cost of homeschooling, because I know that's going to be very helpful to a lot of you. The second thing I want to remind you of, get your free ebook ourmuslimhomeschool.com forward slash ebook. Pick up your free copy of Home Education, What You Need to Know to Get Started. Um, and you can download that for free. Um, and then finally, my course, homeschool course, is called Launch Your Homeschool. That is reopening for enrollment on the 6th of December to new students. So if you want to pop your name on the waiting list, just head over to launchyourhomeschool.com, pop your name down there, tell your friends, um, if any of them are considering homeschooling, to put their name on the wait list so that they can get sent more information. Um, so thank you guys for joining me here. If you think this is beneficial, if you think anyone that you know would benefit from hearing this, you know, share it in your stories, tag them in the comments, um, share it in your WhatsApp groups, you know, let people know about the Charlotte Mason philosophy. I think that more Muslim, more Muslim homeschools need to get on board with this. And a lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Um, so let's spread the message, inshallah. So I hope that I'll see you next week. So Sunday at 9pm, I'm going to be talking about how much homeschooling costs. Thank you guys for joining me here live. Um, I appreciate you all. You know, Jazakallah khair. Thank you so much for joining me live and enjoy the rest of your evening, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Bye.